Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Eagle Brook Church. Welcome to those of you joining us online. My name's John Alexander. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so excited to be here with you this weekend. But before we move on here, this is our 4th of July weekend, and so we want to pause for just a moment in between fireworks and parades to express our gratitude for independence. Just a couple weeks ago, we got this picture from Matt who's connected to our church here. He's serving overseas. He's a part of special forces over there. And he was watching Eagle Brook Church online just a couple of weeks ago. And so we wanna pause and say thank you to people like Matt, people who help or have helped protect our ability to live and worship in freedom. And I don't know about you, but I don't wanna take that for granted. So can we thank all of them? Well, again, today I'm so glad you're with us because we're kicking off a brand new series called I Don't Get It. And this is a great one for me to hit lead off on because there are a lot of things that I don't get. Now, here's just a few examples. Fun size candy. What's so fun about a smaller amount of candy? Okay, there's no, I don't get that. I also don't get fashion just in general. Uh, this is our high school teaching pastor wearing a male romper. It's a one piece for men. It's it's coming into being trendy thing, okay? I also don't get why men wear capri pants. I'm just gonna be honest, I don't understand that. I also don't understand how mom jeans are making a comeback. These used to not be cool and now they are cool. I, I can't keep up with fashion. And finally, my friend Kevin, he's a drummer here. He came out of PacSun wearing these. Now, if you can look, they're like sweatpants with a million holes in them. I, I don't understand fashion at all, okay? Here's another thing that a lot of people don't get the zipper merge. So let's all pay attention here. Every other, every, okay, like a zipper. All right, I don't get it. All right, last thing is, why do some people call it duck, duck, gray duck? It's duck, duck, goose, okay? So now we've clarified that. <laughs> Boo, people are booing me. Well, these are just a few examples of things that I don't get. And when it comes to Christianity, it's really no different. I mean, there are aspects of our faith that make no sense, at least initially, and even when explained, they're hard to fully understand. They're not easy to understand. And some of those topics that we're gonna look at in this series are topics like these. What happens when we die? Does Jesus really promise to come back again? What is worship and why do we sing? And the topic that we're gonna look at today is this one, the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, what do you think about when you think of the Holy Spirit? I mean, is it something weird, confusing, only for the super spiritual? Maybe you thought of a ghost because the Holy Spirit was referred to as the Holy Ghost in whatever church tradition you grew up in. Maybe you pictured some sort of aisle dancing, flag waving, tambourine playing type of church. Or maybe you've never heard of him before. Or if you have, you don't know much about him or have simply ignored him. Even though I grew up in church and even went to seminary, I still don't fully grasp the complexity of the Holy Spirit, but there are times when I know I need the Holy Spirit to help and intervene. Uh, for example, a couple of months ago, a few of us, Don, uh, Bob, our senior pastor, Jason Strand, our teaching pastor, and Don Grafham, who's a pastor on staff, went off for a couple of days to plan the upcoming year's messages. And on our ride home from Wisconsin, we're riding in what Bob refers to as his old truck, but it's not really a truck at all. It's a 2004 piece of junk. And uh, it was, 
It was 90 degrees out and I was dripping sweat. So I turned to Bob and I said, Bob, can you turn on the AC? He said, got no AC in here, roll down a window. And when I tried to roll down the window, it didn't work. When it eventually did go down, the wind blasted Jason in the back seat. Plus this thing was not built with aerodynamics in mind. So the window went back up because we couldn't hear each other talk. Now that made the current smell inside his truck even worse than it was to begin with. Because combined four guys who've been cooped up in a cabin for a couple of days, 90 degree weather, no AC, humidity, a bag of garbage full of coffee grounds, bacon grease, leftover eggs, sandwiched in between Don and Jason in the backseat. And that was on top of a pre-existing putrid smell of dog and what I can only imagine was a plethora of dead animal carcasses that Bob had transported over the years. <laughs> the smell was ungodly, I'm telling you. Now, Bob was loving this, by the way, because this was his last official ride in the truck. Somehow he had convinced his son David to take this nasty thing off his hands the next day. I'm not sure what he owed him there, but this was his last ride in the truck. But here's the kicker, where I knew I needed some help from someone Bob started having a sneezing attack that sounded like a dog yakking on a bone. <clears throat> <clears throat> and he's literally sneezing every second, no exaggeration, while yelling, someone give me a Kleenex, while also blowing his nose into his shirt. So we're all frantically looking for a Kleenex while our senior pastor is yelling at us, the truck is filling up with Bob's sneezes, humidity, smells. All of these things were coming from the depths of hell. And I didn't know whether at that point to laugh, cry, or jump out. As Don later said to me, this is just what it's like to hang out with Bob Merritt. So it's fun times. But I did have this thought. If there was ever a time for the Holy Spirit to come and intervene, it was right then and there. Holy Spirit, come and save us. Unfortunately, the Holy Spirit did not save me from that situation, but it did get me thinking, if not to save me from things like that, why do we need the Holy Spirit in the first place? Have you ever had a moment where you knew you just needed some help? Well, that's why I have this stationary bike up here. Stationary bikes, are they're okay. Uh, personally, I've never been a big fan of stationary bikes. I mean, they're kind of boring and dull, if you ask me. You pedal and pedal, but obviously you don't go anywhere. And I think I, the reason I have such a hard time with a stationary bike is because I've been on a real bike. And a bike in motion is so much better. In the summer, there's no comparison. The sights, the sounds, the wind in your face, it's incredible. No one would willingly say that a stationary bike is better than a real bike. Why? Because a bike is designed to move forward. In the same way, our faith is designed to move us forward, help us make progress and give direction to our lives. But have you ever felt like your faith isn't doing anything for you lately? And our faith will feel like that because without a full understanding and application of the Holy Spirit, we're going to feel stuck. We aren't tapping into the life-giving energy-creating, personal presence of God. Now, to be clear, 
I've come to learn that my faith will not always feel exciting. I won't always feel like I'm making progress. Sometimes a consistent and persevering obedience to God is what matters most, whether I feel like it or not. But when I'm at my best, I experience the Holy Spirit like he was meant to be experienced. He, he puts my life in motion. He guides my actions and he fills me with the power of God to move forward. He also makes me a better person. As Paul writes this in Galatians, he says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, anyone in need of a little more joy, a little more peace? How about patience? Maybe a little more self-control? Well, there's good news for those who put their faith in Christ. Because Paul later writes, don't you realize that the Spirit of God lives in you? So you might be intrigued enough at this point to wonder who exactly is this Holy Spirit? Well, let me just start off by saying there are some things we will never fully understand this side of heaven, and I think the Holy Spirit is one of those. Even though there are many things that we won't know for sure, there are some things that we know for certain. I mean, notice that I've been referring to the Holy Spirit as a he and not an it. What's important is that the Holy Spirit is a person. Why does this matter? Because the Holy Spirit is a person you can interact with. He's not a gut feeling an it or some kind of out there impersonal force or energy, but a person who has feelings, intellect, and emotions. Holy Spirit is also the third person of the Trinity. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, all a part of the Trinity with different roles to play in our lives. Aren't you glad there are some things about God that are hard to comprehend, that our finite minds can't fully understand about an infinite God. I think the Trinity is one of those. Last thing to know is this, that the Spirit is mentioned over 800 times in the Bible. In the Old Testament, which was primarily written in Hebrew, the word for Spirit was ruach. And in the New Testament, which was primarily written in Greek, the word for Spirit is pneuma. Both are better translated as breath or wind. See, the Holy Spirit is a fresh wind, and he wants to propel your life forward. He wants to breathe new life into whatever your circumstance, however great your challenge, and no matter how stagnant your life may feel. So with the short time I have with you, I want to show you three ways that the Holy Spirit will operate in your life if you'll let him. The first is this. The Holy Spirit guides. As Jesus says in John, when the Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. I mean, anyone in need of a little guidance and direction in life, that's the, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. When it comes to actual driving directions, I'm completely hopeless. I can barely make it a mile and a half from my home down to Starbucks and back without my phone telling me exactly where to go. I'm one of those guys and maybe you're married to one of them that will almost always take a right when you should have gone left. I'll almost always go straight when I should have turned around. And really the same is true in life. Left to my own, I am completely hopeless. Without the spirit 
I will almost always make the wrong decisions. I will say the wrong thing and I will lead others astray. And it seems the older I get, the higher the stakes and the higher the stakes, the more I just need the Holy Spirit to guide and direct my life. Without him, I'm hopeless and doomed. That's been true as long as I can remember. I've been married to my wife, Emily, for almost nine years, but we almost didn't even start dating. I would say because of my unwillingness to follow the Spirit. See, Emily and I met when we were 15 years old. This is us here, aren't we adorable, 15 years old? That's when we first met. Now, I grew up in the state of Washington. Emily grew up in the state of Minnesota. And the reason we met is because as a high school freshman, Emily McNamara was invited to attend a church in Matamidi where my older brother Ryan was the youth pastor. And there, this girl from North St. Paul, Emily McNamara, bonded with my sister-in-law, Jennifer. And because I would come to visit Minnesota from Washington two to three times a year, I would get to know this Emily McNamara who would inevitably be hanging around my brother and sister-in-law. Well, fast forward from 15 to 23 years old, somehow we had remained friends long distance. And after we both graduated college, based on what I considered to be a prompting from the Holy Spirit, I picked up the phone and invited Emily to come on a missions trip with me and my church to Jamaica, and she jumped at the chance, probably because it was to Jamaica. (laughs) But there on the trip, for that week long, we fell in like. (laughs) Not love, okay, we did not kiss. There's no kissing on missions trips. (laughs) But, But the beginnings of a relationship had begun to form, but I went back to where I was living in California. She went back to Minnesota, and we had no immediate plans to pursue this relationship further. But through inner promptings, through the encouragement of other Christ followers in my life, and based on opportunities that were opening up for me in Minnesota, I knew that the Spirit was guiding me to pursue her, but I almost didn't listen. I avoided making the decision for six months. I I kind of dated someone else, and I even kind of ignored Emily when she came to visit me in California. And all you ladies are thinking, you should have dropped him like a bad habit at that point. But thankfully, the Spirit got through to me because I finally moved to Minnesota. I finally pursued Emily, and the rest is history. Now, a couple weeks ago, we were on the back patio at our home in White Bear, and the sun was setting, our, our two kids were playing in one of those plastic pools, our dogs were running around, we were sitting next to the, each other, and I had this thought, what if I had completely resisted the guidance of the Holy Spirit? I mean, I can't imagine how different my life would be, and together we've done our best to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit as he's led us through an incredible and sometimes very challenging journey of life. Honestly, I think too many of us are like this guy. Have you seen this picture? He's mowing his lawn with the tornado barreling down on him. We actually talked to his wife who took this this picture, and she said, well, he was keeping an eye on it. (laughs) But too many of us are like this. The Spirit is trying to get our attention, and we end up kind of ignoring what he's trying to say to us. So how does the Spirit guide? A couple of ways. The Spirit's going to guide through inner promptings. I mean, there has been very few times in my life where I've been 
absolutely certain that God is speaking to me. More often than not, he's trying to guide my life through inner promptings, tiny little nudges and, and little tugs. I'm at a phase in life where I've got two kids who are five and two years old and they're, they're constantly tugging at my shirt. Hey, hey, dad, you wanna go outside? Wanna go swim? Wanna go play catch? Wanna go pay, daddy? That's what Marley says, wanna go pay. Wanna go read a book? I made that last one up just to make my kids sound smarter, but they're... <laughs> but oftentimes I'm so distracted, you know? by what's on my phone, what's on TV, what's happening at work, that, that I miss those little tugs, and eventually, they're not gonna be tugging at my shirt. And I want that to be because I ignore them, I want that to be because they move out eventually. <laughs> the same is true with the Spirit. He's trying to speak to us, constantly tugging at us, I would argue, and the question for all of us is, are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? It's possible to quench the spirit by ignoring what he wants you to do or by ignoring him so much that you'll stop hearing from him. But the more you listen and respond to these promptings, the better you will get at hearing him in the first place. Now, the question you might be wondering is, how do you know whether it's from the spirit or just a thought of your own? I think that's a great question. There are no easy answers here, but just a couple of things to remember. The more time you spend with him, the more you will just know it's him. There are also some people who claim to hear from God, but they're really hearing from crazy land. And if that's you, you'll have to discern that on your own. But there are also some people who abuse this idea. Maybe you know some of them or you've seen some of them on TV who abuse this idea that they've heard from God. And for three easy installments of $50.99, you can hear from God too. So it's important to confirm whether something is from the Spirit by checking with these next two ways. Other people. See, God has often used other Christ followers in my life to confirm where he's guiding me. In between this time, between uh, falling in like with Emily in Jamaica and debating whether to pursue her or not, my older brother Ryan and I got into the biggest fight of our lives, even to date. See, he was insistent that Emily McNamara was better than any California girl I would find, and I was insistent that he was an idiot. <laughs> Turns out God can speak through even the biggest idiots. He spoke through a donkey once in the Old Testament, so <laughs> thankfully... I listened to my brother and other Christ followers at that time. And the final thing is God's word. God's word, the spirit of God will never contradict what's in God's word. Let me just say that again because it's so important. The spirit of God will never, ever contradict what is in God's word. So as soon as you think something is from the spirit, check to see whether it's confirmed by God's word. It's the spirit that helps us understand the Bible anyways. J.D. Greer, in a fantastic book, Jesus Continued, if you want to read more on this subject, says this about understanding scripture. He said, the spirit takes God's timeless truths and makes them come alive in us. He helps us understand them, shows us how to implement them, and empowers us to accomplish them. So the question is, is God trying to get your attention? Is the spirit tugging at you? And you know if he is, is there a phone call to make? 
an email to send, a conversation to start, forgiveness to extend, an apology to make, a relationship to end? Is there a decision to address, a dream to pursue? If you're spending time reading the Bible, praying, and spending time with other Christ followers, trust what you are sensing and hearing. If God's word and other people confirm it, don't ignore the tug. The Spirit of God wants to guide your life. That's the first way the Spirit will operate in your life. The second way is this. He protects uh, this next point is gonna be illustrated by my friend TJ. Now, TJ is an Eagle Brook online church director by day, but despite being 33 years old, at night, he is a Minnesota Twins ball boy. So one time, they caught him on camera. He actually made the top 10 on SportsCenter for this. Take a look at how he saves this woman's life here. We have some footage. Inside, Dozier waiting for you. Almost hit TC. <laughs> One more time in slow motion, gets a hug. <laughs> oh, just gonna drill her in the face. That's how the Spirit operates in our life, I'm telling you. Even when we aren't aware, looking down like that woman was going to get murdered in the face there by that ball, TJ reaches out and protects her. That's the same way the Spirit operates in our lives. Even when we aren't aware, the Spirit is at work protecting us. Look at this incredible promise here. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. I mean, anyone feel weak at times? Every person here does. Anyone feel like you don't have what it takes? I know I do. Even when we aren't aware, even when we're at our wit's end, even when we don't have the energy to parent another day or get out of bed, the Spirit of God is at work in our lives. Paul continues, for example, we don't know what, to we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groans that cannot be expressed with words. You ever have those moments in life where you're so overwhelmed you just don't know what to pray. The challenges are too great, the weight too heavy, the burden too immense. The Holy Spirit is groaning and praying on your behalf. And he wants to strengthen and protect you even more because of this great spiritual power available to me. I pray something like this almost on a daily basis. I say, Holy Spirit, protect my life Protect my marriage, our family, and our church. I pray against any evil at work in and around those areas. Holy Spirit, I wanna live with a greater protection and awareness of the way you are working in my life. Not only do I pray that over my life, but I pray it over my friends, my coworkers, our senior leadership at this church. You have a great spiritual power available to you. So are you praying for your kids? Are you praying for your spouse? Are you praying for those people that God has entrusted to you? He's given us this great spiritual power, not to be comfortable and safe, by the way, 
but to be used by God to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish in this life, which brings me to the third and final way the Holy Spirit operates in our lives. He empowers. As Jesus is about to leave his disciples after the resurrection, he reminds them of the power available to them. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power. And then read this incredible promise from Paul, the Spirit of God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Let's pause here for a second because I don't want you to miss this. The Spirit of God who empowered the most extraordinary event in history. He brought a dead person back to life. That's the same Spirit of God that lives in you. God gives us this same power to do all types of things. Power to stand up here and deliver this message. I mean, trust me, I can't do this without the Spirit of God empowering me. Power to be obedient, to love those that are hard to love. Power to resist and overcome sin. Power to pursue God-given dreams, to live more like Jesus and to make a difference in this world. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you to greater purpose and meaning. And to do that, he's given us one or more spiritual gifts. What's a spiritual gift? The best definition I've seen is this, a supernatural ability given to every believer to do God's work on earth. What are some of those spiritual gifts that he might give us? This is kind of a collective list taken from scripture. I'm not gonna go over all of them, but discernment, uh, evangelism. I have a friend, Ken, He's invited over 50 people to church in the last two years, many of whom still come to this day. And when he talks about it, he lights up. He gets fired up about it. He has the gift of evangelism, faith, giving, healing. Some of you are so generous with giving and generosity. It's a spiritual gift, mercy. My mom has the gift of mercy. She is involved in so many people's stories, the painful aspects of their stories. She has the gift of mercy, pastoring, service helps, teaching. You know, it's worth noting about tongues because I think this one comes up a lot. Tongues is a prayer language that's unintelligible to everyone except those who have the gift of interpretation of tongues. Now, do some people have this gift? Yeah, they do. But we don't invite its use in public worship settings because it can cause confusion or division. Now, some denominations teach that you have to have the gift of tongues in order to be a true Christian, that you have to speak in tongues in order to prove that you are filled by the Spirit. And let me just say that is completely false. That teaching has done a lot of damage to people I know. It's caused problems for them. Now, people can have the gift of tongues just like they can have any other spiritual gift but they don't have to have the gift of tongues in order to be filled by the Spirit. Personally, my top three gifts are leadership, encouragement, and teaching. And to be clear, I'm not perfect at any of these. I have to work really hard at them, but when I use them, it's as if life is pulsating through my veins in a more powerful way. My life lights up in a way that's hard to explain. There is movement and action in my life, and that's what we want for you. So if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, 
we have set up an assessment for you to take. If you go to eaglebrookchurch.com slash GPS, it's really short, and it'll start to help you understand what your gifts are. Think GPS, guidance, direction. And once you start to discover what your gifts are, other people, your expertise, your effectiveness, and your passions will all confirm where God has guided you. We want you to discover that place where your gifts where your most effective line up perfectly with your passions. You might be an accountant. You might be a financial advisor. You might be a teacher, a coach, stay-at-home mom. Maybe you're a CEO, waitress, or student. No matter what you do, the Holy Spirit wants to use your gifts both inside the church, I believe, and outside these walls in whatever areas you influence. Look at what Jesus says uh, his, or tells his disciples here, he says, it's best for you that I go away. This is Jesus talking. Because if I don't, the spirit won't come. And then he says later on, anyone who believes in me will do even greater works than I have done because I'm going to be with the Father. Think about these incredible promises that Jesus is offering to us. He's saying it's best for him to go away Because when he does, the spirit of God will come and fill you and I. And when that happens, you and I will do even greater works than Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit wants to use your life in supernatural ways to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish in this life. And when I read this, I immediately thought of my friend Jack. You probably don't know Jack. Your kids probably don't know Jack. But I bet if you put your kids in our Elevate ministry, our services, kids services for first through fifth graders, I bet your kids have been influenced by Jack. That's because Jack writes and produces all the videos that our over 2,000 Elevate kids watch each and every week. Just a couple years ago, your kids may have come home talking about the zany world of Zane. This is a weekly series that's produced and written by Jack. And it follows the life of Zane and his couple of buddies as they teach God's timeless truths. And then this last year, they created another television quality weekly series called Spark Plugs. And before I talk any more about Jack, I want to show you a clip from Spark Plugs. What's the channel up button do? Calvin, I can't believe you did this. <laughs> well, why didn't anyone invite me to the party? Oh. I really, really messed up this time. I don't know who I am. You are a child of God. That's why Jesus came. None of us ever feel like we're able to live up to God's rules. I mess up too. This mission feels really scary. You are wise beyond your years. You got this. Yeah, still don't get it.
Isn't that awesome? You know that our kids, you can clap for that because it's really incredible what they do. You know, if you put our kids into Elevate, how much they love that weekly series. And growing up, when Jack was seven or eight years old, he actually remembers uh, watching Gospel Bill, an innovative television series for kids in the 80s. And he remembers having this thought, if I could ever write and produce videos that would someday want to make or make kids want to come to church someday, that would be awesome. And throughout his 20s, he pursued his dream of filmmaking, script writing, some success, some failure, but he had yet to use those gifts exactly where God had planned for him. It wasn't until 2011 when he remembered this initial prompting he'd had as a seven or eight-year-old, and so he threw his hat in the ring for a job at Life Church in Oklahoma, and he told them, if you have something to write or create, I'll do it for free, and they took him up on it eventually hired him. And now for the last six years, the last two with us at Eagle Brook, he's found this sweet spot where his gifts line up perfectly with his passions, writing and producing videos that reach kids for Christ through the church, right where the spirit of God wants them. Jack actually said to me, God has led me on what feels like a whacked out journey, but I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't constantly prayed and constantly listened to where God's spirit was leading me. Listen, if God can use this guy from Philly who thinks the Eagles can do no wrong and cheesesteak is God's gift to humanity, then he can use you too. So my final challenge to you is this. Will you pray these three things every day this week? Pray these three things every day this week. Holy Spirit, guide me. He's going to be speaking to you, tugging at you. Make sure you are paying attention. Listen for those tiny little nudges, those little tugs. He wants to get your attention. Pray, protect me. You have a great spiritual power available to you. Pray over your kids, over your marriage, over your relationships, over those you work with. He wants to use your life to accomplish what he wants to accomplish and then pray, Holy Spirit, empower me. He has given you the same spirit of God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead. So go figure out where he's gifted you and then go use those gifts to make a difference in this world. I'm telling you, when you start to pray these things, And when you start to follow the spirit, you aren't going to need that stationary bike anymore. It's going to feel alive. There's going to be motion. So make sure you put on your helmet and enjoy the ride. It's going to be a great one. Hey, let's all stand across all six campuses for closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it is a gift. It's hard for me to even comprehend the spirit at times. But you have given us this gift to guide and protect and empower us. So I pray for all of us here that we would come to a greater awareness and understanding of your Holy Spirit. As we go about our weeks and our days and our lives and whatever areas you've given us to influence, may we be a people who are listening who are paying attention, who are following where you are leading and guiding us into difficult conversations, 
into relationships that are not easy to love those people through them, into areas of forgiveness, accountability, decisions that we have to make. I pray specifically for boldness and courage, that we would have the boldness and courage to follow you wherever you are guiding and leading us. Use my life, use our lives to accomplish what you want us to accomplish in this life. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Hey, thanks for being here, everyone. Join us next week as we continue I Don't Get It and talk about worship. We'll see you next week.